It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. What is up, everybody? Welcome to a ridiculously special edition of Relationship Theory. Today is the 17-year anniversary of our first date. Amazing. And today we're going to be talking about the secrets that we have learned over those 17 years. And in fact, what we want to know from you guys, drop it into the comments right now. What is the longest relationship you've ever had? For me, it is 17 years. How about you, it's my lovely wife? Years. Nice. All right. And I'm, I'm actually very glad about <laughs> yeah. that because if it wasn't, we'd have some trouble. Uh, I am your co-host, Tom Bilyeu. I am here with my beautiful wife, who I've been with for 17 years, yeah. Lisa Bilyeu. What is up, 17 mommy? years ago today, you asked me out on our very first date. Indeed. And as a little... Show him. Uh, show yeah. him. All right. Close up camera. Let's get this. All right. How, how are we going to get that? Is that actually going to show up anywhere? I'm hoping that it's on the close up <laughs> camera. Ibrahim, can you see it, hon? There it is. Nice. Oh, he can see it loud and clear. I love it. Nice. Cool. So the 17. reason why I did the hair, just to kind of give a little yeah, um, explanation, it. is um, when we first met, we didn't have a penny. We didn't really have much. It was buying each other gifts was like pretty, you know, small gift, pretty mm. pathetic. And so um, <clears throat> I started getting really creative with the gifts that I was getting for you because it was like, well, if you didn't have money, I think you shouldn't let that determine whether, um, you know, you express how you feel. So I started, as you very well remember, I started to do like fun things. So I would get your favorite treat, which was like this no-bake cookie. And on our third anniversary, I made just like a giant three out of the no-bake cookie. Yeah, so I should you say could... you made them. You didn't buy them. No, no. Yeah, exactly. I made it from scratch. Right. Um, and then I made a giant three and I brought it to your work. Um, I did one, one year did a big wheel of fortune for you and the prizes, um, because I didn't have any money, everyone else's gifts were some of the prizes. So like your mom and my mom. And, but I also, for me, I did like these little vouchers, these fake vouchers that I printed online. And I would say like, this can be redeemed for, um, you know, 15 minutes of back rubs. And another one would be like, you'd be treated like a king for an hour, which means anything you want. Like I'll make you breakfast, like whatever you want. Don't stint yourself. If I remember. Right, the, it was a king for a day. Yeah, like I, were... I did. A, I think I did a multiple, but yeah, I did do that as well. But it was just like, and so even this year, like we're not about like if I bought you a gift, even if I spent a ton of money, you'd never remember. Literally a year from 
three days from now, bless you, you wouldn't really remember. Well, so here's the irony that on both ends of the spectrum, the money and gift equation doesn't work out. So when you're dirt poor, mm -hmm. it's you can't afford anything. So I remember everything that I had to do for you was a surprise. You were always making me things. Right. And it was either the surprise or the fact that you made it that was meaningful. And then once we had real wealth, then it was like, well, it's not stressful to spend the money. So mm -hmm. it becomes less meaningful to mm -hmm. spend money. So at both ends of those spectrums, um, you have to get a little more creative. Yeah. And now really it's about time. Right. So making sure that the other yeah. person has time. Yeah. So. Your gift to me today is that you're going to stop work at 430. Yay. I'm so yeah, excited. Buddy. Honestly. So in fact, I need to also say that we haven't spoken. Literally. Four days. Three. No. Well, because so, I was gone. You're right. Yeah, you're right. So Thursday night, he goes out um, for a movie screening. I didn't come with. Friday morning, you wake up, you go straight to Vegas. You spend all day in Vegas. You don't text me or anything. Like, I'm texting you, but you don't respond because you're doing like an 11-hour um, Q&A. And um, so I don't hear from you. Wake up Sunday, Saturday morning. You come home, but then you're doing your three days of silence yeah. to save your voice. So we literally haven't spoken, guys. And that's actually one of the reasons why we push relationship theory to today, because you needed to not speak yesterday. Mm. So I haven't spoken to this man for four days. So pardon me if I just keep stepping over you because I'm just like, <laughs> but what's weird is I could have spoken to I know, you. you I know, I did. It's weird. You're speaking to yourself. You're not. I'm listening. But yeah, I but, totally get it. When the other person has to text their response, it... Yeah. It drags the conversation. So anyway, a, a, I'm super excited to be hanging with you today and to be talking. B, thank you so much for the gift of stopping work at 4.30. Absolutely. That's amazing. And then C, that's my gift to you is my hair. Nice. So. I love it. And guys, by the way, if this is adding value to you, please do share it. As you well know, that's how we're going to grow this community, which is our obsession. So if it's adding value, do share. And Chase, who's the winner, winner, chicken dinner for longest relationship? All right, we'll have that answer for you shortly. In the meantime, let's you have a question for I us. I do have a question. Let us do All right, let's this. dive in, peeps. Um, so this was actually written into our connect box and I wanted to stay anonymous. Okay, um, fair. So I'll obviously would not say their name. Do you believe that a person can decide to love someone? I have the most amazing girlfriend who is good to me. She is one of the most amazing people I've ever met. I treat her well, but have not said the words, I love you. The relationship has allowed us to grow both as a couple and as individuals, but I do not have that ineffable spark. Is it a decision I can make or am I just wasting her time? We're both in our 20s. Wow. Th this is a really complicated question. So... Yes, I believe that you can like fan those flames and over time you can, it's, th this is evidenced by the fact that people in arranged marriages oftentimes will have very deep and meaningful connections to that person. Um, and don't take my word for it since we weren't in arranged marriage, but there's tons of stuff out there that you can read about it. And I've read about this before and just been awestruck by how later in life, there, because there was an inevitability of the union and it wasn't something that was born of like hot, passion, romantic love, mm -hmm. they realized the ones that end up winning are the ones that realize, okay, we're in this. So let's find a way to connect. Let's find a way to make this special and meaningful. And by the end, you know, not end, but by the time it's a very mature relationship, oftentimes they rate very high in levels of relationship satisfaction. So that's very, very interesting. Now that is very different to me than the drug-like effect of that 
hot initial like mm-hmm. love and spark. And my thing is, since there is no moral obligation to be in a relationship, why on God's green earth would you be in a relationship if you don't have that? We live, like I wouldn't want to be in an arranged marriage no matter what. So that's even if you knew that, like, I oh, we could get along and she would become my best friend. I mean, I agree with you, but I'm just want to clarify. One hundred percent. That holds absolutely no interest to me, right. because I'm going to guess that the thing that is at the absolute core of arranged marriages is children. Being as how I don't intend to have children, um, that's just sort of a meaningless reason to come together for me. So. Being is how a relationship is massive sacrifice. Like, why would you make that sacrifice if there wasn't something that makes not not just the sacrifice worth it, but like an easy bargain, right? When I think about the things that um, I've had to compromise to be in a relationship with you, it's it's not even like a difficult question. Mm. Was it worth it? It's like the biggest no-brainer of my life is whether the sacrifices that I make to be in a relationship with you are worth it. So that's like, it, it, it's... It is a tsunami of things in the positive and, you know, that just dwarf the things that you, that I have had to sacrifice. I will speak only for myself that I've had to (laughs) sacrifice to be in this relationship. So yeah, I, while I believe that one can manipulate their neurochemistry to the point where they would say definitively, I love this person and they are the most meaningful person in my life and that I get tremendous, um, positive feelings out of being in a relationship with this person. If I'm in my 20s and I don't have kids, like I literally, I don't even understand why someone would ask that question. It is at that point a relationship of convenience and life is way too short. There are really amazing things that await somebody that finds a real connection with somebody or learn to be by yourself, which I've never struggled with. All right, so I'm going to push that a little bit further then. Do it. What if you are in a relationship and you have the spark, right? And you feel like you're fully in love and then which I think often happens, a couple of years down the line, that spark isn't there. So you still love them as a friend. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're still cool. Like, there's not a big argument that you've had. There's nothing that you guys are like totally butting head over. But that spark that you had, now me and you work on that spark a lot. Hence why I actually dressed up a little today. Like trying to like, you gotta like, you know, keep the chemistry going, I think. Um, But yeah, what do you do if a couple of years down the line, like that spark and that heat that you had for your other half isn't there anymore? Before I answer that question, I first want to address, A, to me, like you dress up like every day, every day you look amazing. Like you have a very high threshold for like your frumpy is still like scorchingly hot to me. Um, But you look amazing as always. And thank you that certainly the intent of that is not lost on me. And I think that's important to say out loud. Um, Now to answer that question, I think that you have a, a decision to make at that point. And I don't think there's a right or a wrong decision. I think that it is absolutely okay to say, you know what, the spark is gone and I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm you gonna... say this to yourself or to your partner, are you saying? Both. I mean, okay. it would that would be the conversation I would be having with myself internally. And then ultimately I would externalize some variation, which would be entirely situation dependent. So these are sort of generic words that you would change out given the situation. But um, I don't think that there's, and sorry, did you say that we do have kids or we don't have kids in this scenario? It it doesn't matter. Whatever, for whatever reason they've decided they want to go A or B, I don't think is relevant. Sorry, it's not that I don't think it's relevant. I don't think there's a um, a right and a wrong answer. So if they decide that they want to break up, totally get that. Spark is gone. Um, go reinvent yourself. Try something new. 
Also, if they decide, you know what, for whatever reason, I want to stay in the res- this relationship, whether it's kids, whether it's for the love of all the history that they have, which you know for me is like my absolute obsession. I don't think that there's anything more magical for me. And that's why I say there's no right or wrong answer. But for me, the thing that I cherish most in this life is shared experience. Mm. Like there's just, there's no way to make up for that other than real time, right? So the only way to have something that um, can measure up to the 17 years that we've shared together would be to spend another 17 years with somebody. Mm. So I'm so aware that our relationship has gotten deeper and deeper every day. Now, because we work on that for sure, you could skim across the surface very easily for decades and decades Mm -hmm. and decades. But we've really taken the time to share that experience to, um, to, to share what's happening to each of us internally. So like, God, when I, like, that is why I'm so terrified to lose you. It isn't just what we have in the moment. It's the weight of the beauty of those, that shared experience of shaping each other and all of that. So if they decide for whatever reason, including that, that they want to stay together, I think very much that you could rekindle that spark. And I think that it would, it would be an act that would need to be done together. So I would tell you, in fact, oh God, watch the movie Unbreakable, which is amazing. If it's like a movie about sort of a vague superhero, but the thing that makes that movie worth watching is the relationship between the husband and wife. And it is about them trying to refine that spark. It is so beautifully told. I'm still startled by that. Every time I watch it, I'm like, the movie itself is decent, But that's one of the most beautiful explorations of a relationship gone awry trying to get back on track I have ever seen in cinema history. So what truly, and I remember watching it in the theater going, uh, this is amazing. Mm. So yeah, it's um, Robin Wright Penn at the time and uh, Bruce Willis. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, like what an amazing exploration of, and, I, and so they go, the reason I brought that up is they go through this part where it's confessional and you would have to, you've got to like, you've got right, nothing That's what I was going to say, lose. like get, get a little more tactical on how you would handle it. Because let me tell you, approaching your significant other and saying the spark isn't there, right? You can imagine like just saying that out loud is like even terrifying for me. Um, I would still approach it, but I would, I want to know like, what would be the first steps to do that? Like, how do you approach it without making the other person feel completely worthless or completely, um, yeah, like if you came to me and said it, depending on how you approached it, I could take it two ways, right? Like, oh, okay, wow, I didn't realize this was a problem. Let's try and fix it like where did we lose it what did we do how was our lives changed that we lost the spark and then kind of go down that path or like depending on how you approached it I would just feel shitty about myself I would just feel like wow like he's not attracted to me anymore like so I would go down that like almost self-pity mode where like it's about me and it's about like I'm not attractive enough so how what would you do to prevent that from happening I wouldn't Ooh. And here's here's the take home. You would say it politely to me. You wouldn't I, I'm say more than polite. Bitch, and I would be hundred percent. But that's like in the opposite direction, right? right? That's being a dick about it, right. which I also would not do. Right. But the truth is, the only thing that will save a relationship that is in that place mm-hmm. is to recognize you have nothing left to lose, hmm. and you're going. It's ipecac. So ipecac, for those that don't know. Um, it either settles your stomach or makes you vomit. But so one or the other will f- right. soul the suit. 100%. The- 
So you, you either chuck it up and you feel better because now whatever was upsetting your stomach is gone or it, it just settles it. So that you, you have to get to that point. Like there's, as you know, I use the metaphor of dust is settled on the relationship. So now you've got to blow it clean. And the only way to do that is, is to get so raw and so real and so direct that there's nowhere left to hide. There's nobody hiding behind like what's okay to say in a relationship because all of the, the resentment that inevitably builds up when you're compromising for somebody that Mm -hmm. you don't have the, the balance of, I get more out of this relationship than I give. Once that's gone, resentment is the inevitable response. So the only way to have any chance is to really meet each other anew. So Mm. to your point, like, you need to handle it given the weight of the situation. Like, but you can't pull punches just because there's so much weight to this situation. So I am in no way, shape or form going to go out of my way to highlight things that you've done wrong. Like that's not interesting. You know me, I'm going to take full responsibility for it. But to bring it back to the movie, what they do in that movie is like, they start talking about the moment where they started thinking this might not last forever. Hmm. And there was something about the rawness of, and I think it was, it was her confession. And she said something like, I had a bad dream. And for the first time, I didn't wake you up to console me. Mm. And so it was the, you, and you felt exactly that, right? The loneliness of lying next to somebody and not wanting, knowing that you will receive no benefit from their consoling Mm. you and getting to that super raw, super real place, by the way, so I'm working on, or we're working on the relationship bullets. I was messing with them yesterday. And that was one of the things that I got to is you need to get to the heart of the issue. So we talk about, it's don't argue about the T, right? Like right. what's really underlying right. it. And people's ability to rapidly get to the truth, not the straw that broke the camel's back, Mm -hmm. but what is the foundational issue that's becoming a problem. And people's ability to rapidly get to that will, I think, determine the ultimate success of their relationship. And so that, to answer this person's question, like that's where you have to get. So there's no right or wrong. If you wanna say, you know what, thank you so much, but like this just isn't working for me, you absolutely have that right Conversely, if you want to rekindle that spark, or in this case, like really build a fire to um, that bond, which it sounds like they have a bond, but it's maybe a bit more roommate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also one of our relationship bullets is don't become roommates. Um, and you need to like really, really fan those flames. And there's so many little mechanisms that go along with that. So one, um, when you have the impulse to criticize, don't use use the impulse to criticize as a trigger for the habit loop of a finding an authentic compliment that you can pay that person. And literally, if there are no compliments for you to pay that person, like get the fuck out of the relationship. Like, let me just say that as bluntly as humanly possible. So, but- Like if you can't find anything nice to say about your partner, then why are you crazy. with them? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like imagine being in a relationship where there's nothing good that you see in that person. Like, what are you doing? Life is way too short. And that's coming from the guy who plans to live forever. So life is way too short to fuck around with a relationship that where you literally can find nothing positive to say. Like, that's just crazy town. So get out of that relationship. But in the relationship where there are positive things for you to say, when you have the impulse to criticize, don't find, like, use that as the habit loop trigger to say something authentic 
but a compliment, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing that used to wind me up, you would move my stuff, right? Still winds me up. You'll move my stuff. And literally 99 times out of 100, when I go to complain about that, I'll either think, you know what? Like she really does hold this house together and play out where nothing ever gets put away, right? And it's just, it's, it's a mess. And so as much as I'm like, I don't like it when you move my stuff because I can't find it and it's inefficient, right? So that's what bothers me. I'll then immediately go to you as the one that really holds things together, how good you are at um, just the infrastructure, logistics, like all of that stuff I know in the company and our lives like really rests on your shoulders. And so taking a moment to truly be grateful for that and externalize that is just incredibly powerful. So if you're in a relationship where you just, you get what you focus on, so your mind is going to that criticism, 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 like bring it back to the compliments. But also you don't ignore the other fact though, and that's important to say. So you don't ignore the fact that it winds you up that I move your stuff. You just go, well, I need to be solution oriented. I can't just take a negative, turn it into a positive and ignore my feelings. Because To some extent you do. But you don't, because you, you say to me, um, like, it winds me up that you move my stuff. So, hey, where can I put it that you're now comfortable where I can leave my stuff wherever I want, right? So you still say it. And I think yes. that's important. and what did I say? 99 times out of 100. So what do you mean? for sure I say it the one time right. out of 100. But I'm just saying it's important to still say it. Like, I don't want people to think you should ignore your own feelings and always just turning it into a positive. I think there's ways to approach a situation that you can discuss even when it's frustrating, but you do it from a positive perspective. So you come to me and you say, baby, like I know you're holding this house together. That's fantastic. I do get frustrated when you move my stuff. So let's come up with a compromise. Where can I put my stuff that you're never going to touch? So we've decided you've got a couple of drawers in certain places. You've got some shelves in certain places that there's boxes and wherever you want to put your stuff, you put it in there and I don't touch it. So it's both. It's you're giving me the compliment, making me feel good instead of just like moaning or making me feel badly about trying to take care of the household. But we're also coming up with a solution. Yeah. I just think that most people are going to, they, they will err on the wrong side. So if they err on the side of constantly like solution oriented, you're 100% right, which is like a whole nother issue. But I know the way the human mind works well enough Every time something bothers them, the impulse is going to be the negativity and they're going to go. And even if they're doing it like, let's find a solution, let's find a solution, let's find a solution. It's a dangerous place to be where the only thing you're letting your mind focus on is that initial impulse. So what I'm saying very definitively is crush your emotions down, bury them deep within you. I'm kidding about that, obviously. But I want people to understand, like you're, you need to use it as a habit loop trigger to think about positive things, to focus on the positive. So not just solutions, which is, again, that's so important, but is like a whole nother thing. I'm saying you're getting in a loop of focusing on the negative, right? It would be very easy for me to get in a loop where I focused on that it annoys me that you move things. What I need to do is get in a habit loop of focusing on how much you do and really seeing that and sitting in that and all of that. Like even if you weren't here, so let's say you're not here and I can't say anything, I guess I could send you a text, but let's pretend for a second that that doesn't make sense. The, the habit loop I'm trying to get people in is one where you're stewing in positivity. That's the mistake that people make. So the, the question is like, how do you fan these flames? And I'm saying very specifically, being solution oriented isn't gonna do that. 
sitting there and force, forcing yourself to think about all the amazing things that person does, all the positive mm. things, like that is an absolute fucking must. Yeah. And so for instance, one thing that I've thought a lot about is what happened if, because, and it's interesting, you, you already brought it up today, and this, this terrifies me for women. One day, you will be a bag of wrinkles. Oh yeah, I've got a question that's coming up that's... All right, well, why don't you jump right to okay. it? Okay, maybe, I think this is where you're gonna go. But um, from YouTube, and thank you guys for submitting your questions. Um, we're doing a bit of a bad job in answering more, but hopefully our in-depth discussion is bringing value. Um, <laughs> <Not as laughs> the, poor man hasn't, the poor man hasn't spoken for three days, so I'm just enjoying listening to your voice, to be honest. Um, so we have a question from YouTube from Terika. If you're not the preferred body type of your partner, um, let's say they prefer an hourglass figure, bigger boobs, six pack, etc. How can you let go of that fact and focus on what should matter most? What should matter most? That's so interesting. People always throw me these curveballs, like at the, the, at end, the end of, of the, the question. question, because I immediately fill in the blank about what I think should matter most, but I have no idea like what they think should matter most. And is it, do you think it, the most important thing is what you matter most? Or what matters most to me as your partner? So yeah, I mean now we're it's getting like super <laughs> yeah. complicated. So let's take them one at a time. So what I was about to say, which ties into this, is one day you are going to be a bag of wrinkles, mm -hmm. and now let's flash that forward and say you get in a horrific accident and you're burned and scarred and all of that. I would immediately begin my own process. You would obviously have your own process that you would have to go through to accept yourself and see beauty in yourself and all of that. Because I think no matter what, people have to find beauty in themselves. They have to see things that they like and, and not just like internally, I'm a beautiful person. Like whatever you had to do, even if it's like to marvel at the human body's ability to rebuild, even if it's not like the way you want it to rebuild itself, to marvel at the human, like I didn't die. I made it on the other side of this. Like the the skin's ability to heal, even if it's in like a scar is absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. And to find like your fascination and love of that and to find that beautiful, like whatever you have to do, like I'm telling you just psychologically, it is an absolute fucking must to do something. Um, to, to reconnect with that. And I would immediately go in a process of finding a way to find it beautiful, to own it, to feel like it was mine, to You're enjoy it. happened to you or happened to, to you? Me. Okay. So, because you've got, I've got to be able to emanate authentic attraction. Right. You can't you. fake it. I'd send 100%. In a yeah. For sure. Yeah. But I really, really believe there is. So, the one thing I will say, I will always find, like, if this were to happen to you, I would still always find women with unscarred skin beautiful. And I would expect you to understand that. This well, is additive that to me. Because we've spoken the fact that, of course, you still find other women attractive even now. So, do you know what's interesting, even to me? Well, I would get so aggressive as to, like, almost, I, I would shut that part of me down. I would, I, it, it would still be there. God, I don't even know how to explain this. It would still be there. There is a fundamental biological truth to the fact that I would find that attractive. But from the um, neocortex perspective of being able to like turn a fucking blind eye, the way that you could love one sports team and hate another, mm -hmm. like I would legitimately be like all about you. And, and I'm- How do I'm, you do that? Because- like even just hearing what you're saying, I totally get it. And I know actually know you would, like I have no doubt. But for someone else sitting at home, like 
what tips can you give? Like, how would you actually start that? Like, would you bring anger into your life? Like, what do you, because even the way you're saying it, I you're know. like, you're like, uh, I would shut yes, that off. Yes. Like, they could sense <laughs> that, like, aggression. But how do people actually do it? Like, it's easier said than done. What would you? There's two sides to it. I believe you can fill your heart with rage and I believe you can fill your heart with love. And right. what I mean by that is you're taking control of your neurochemistry. Like, mm, and I don't know what's going on at the cellular level to be able to explain this full disclosure, but like imagine for a second that, and I really hope this rings true for people. It rings true for me and I've never had to go through it. In fact, in some small way I have. Imagine that we wanted to have kids, but we couldn't. Okay. We would adopt, yes? It'd be an option. Roll with sorry, me for a second. See, okay, sorry, yes. We would adopt. Sure. Yes? Yes. There we go. So now you're taking somebody into your life that you don't have the, like for women going through, the, going through childbirth creates this cascade of chemicals that causes them to bond with the infant. So you wouldn't have that. So you would have to like basically train yourself to love that child, to fall in love, to take them on as your own, all of that. But I believe that humans are truly capable of doing that. Mm. Animals are capable of doing it. I mean, there's crazy stories about like um, a cheetah will lose her baby and so she'll adopt an antelope, right? right, right. right? And it's like, uh, yeah, right? Insane. Like it's super weird, yeah. but like you, you get it. Like you allow right. yourself, like I so want to nurture, to love this thing. And I've done it with our dogs, right. right? So the ultimate sort of form of adoption, they're not even our species. And yet like, I think of them like my children. And for evidence of how far I mean that when Wookie went missing, I was a fucking psychopath. Like there was no way I was not getting that dog back. The level of intensity that I had, like I was at that moment thought, wow, like this is all really real. You flip a switch at some point and you say that this is my child and, and I shall act accordingly. So it would be the same thing. Like there is a level of like aggression and intensity that where I would expel um, other people and attractions and all that. And then I would fill my heart with love. And I've always imagined myself needing to touch it, like the scar, right? So needing to touch it, needing to make it mine, needing to make it this beautiful thing. And, and I would obsessively think about how grateful I was to have you that you survived and that the things I was saying earlier about, wow, the human skin's like ability to do this, to regenerate, like even in the form of a scar, but to keep you here so that you don't get infection. Like I would fucking think about that, think about that, think about that. And, and like how unique you are now, that you have something that is so incredibly you and makes you so different. And that, you know, oh man, you could show me like one square inch of the scar and I would be able to like pick it out of a lineup anywhere. And like, I feel so connected to that. Mm. And now it's like even more like just you and me. So and you like lean into it. Literally lean into it. So well said. I would lean into it. And they talk about this in cross country in the ugly side, the aggression side, I should say. It's beautiful. Um, to attack a hill. So the, the part where you're fucking exhausted and you're already like gasping for air and your muscles are on fire. When you come to a hill, what do you do? You run harder. And what you have to do mm. to yourself mentally to do that is exactly That's what I'm nice. talking about. And then leaning into the beauty. All right, I'll stop there. But like, I'm telling you, like, you can do this shit. Okay, so that's if you're scarred and... Or old as fuck. Like, one day, you're going to be a bag of wrinkles but it and I'm says, what if you're not? You. Okay, so going back to this, what if you're not the preferred body type yeah, of your right. partner? Which we haven't, like, even gotten into that. All right, so preferred body type of your partner is twofold. One, your partner needs to, like, if, 
they want to be in a relationship with you, like A, they don't need to be, there's no moral obligation to be with somebody that isn't your type, mentally, physically, whatever, but if they wanna be in a relationship with you through all the mechanisms that we were just talking about, like they can fall in love with your body type 100%, but let me, so they have to do that work. They have to do that work. You should not be asking them to do that work. Um, that shouldn't be something where you feel like you've done something wrong or you have to do something to earn that. If they fucking wanna be in a relationship with you, that's the price of entry. Like they either need to immediately understand the, the like obviousness of that, mm -hmm. that, hey, if I wanna be with this person, then I've gotta go for it. Like for instance, when you first started lifting, I was like, what are you doing? Like, uh I don't want a muscular woman. Like that's insanity to me. And the more you did it and I saw how much you loved it, then it was like, well, then I need to fall in love with it because it's making you really, really happy, really, really confident. And so fantastic. Like, I, and the same thing, right? Like feeling you, seeing what you've done, like touching it, making it mine, like really feeling a deep connection to it um, was amazing. And then the same thing, right? Like the praise, the like putting myself in a mental place where the praise was authentic, like knowing how hard you work. And that was really how it started for me. Like, wow, man, like look how hard you work in the gym. It's absolutely incredible. And then marrying it to seeing how happy it made you, how confident you were. So, so they have to do their work. But the important part is like, if you're unconfident, don't expect them to be over the fucking moon about it. Right? Like if it is, if it's a source of pride for you, your, your physique, whatever it is, like if you're, if you love your blocky physique or you love your curvy physique or you love your flat physique, like whatever it is, if you're, if you really love it and you're really confident about it and you're totally good with where you are in the life that you're leading, they're going to like, that's their entry point. If you're insecure about it, if you don't love it, like don't think for one fucking second that it's attractive. It has nothing to do with your shape. If you were like objectively beautiful, but you felt shitty about it, then that's not sexy. So it's people respond to confidence. So it can't be the you accept me so I can accept me, right? So we're obsessed with these, like the dual battling notions of being codependent and independent at the same time, right? So you need to like, love and rejoice in like your partners, um, being drawn to you, being turned on by you. That is all amazing shit. Nature has given you that gift. Fucking love it. On the flip side, like if you weren't into something about me, but I was, then I need to have the fortitude to be like, but this is what I like. This right. is my center. And that's what I was going to say about working out with, for me. Sorry. No, say finished? it. Were you done? I mean, oh. it's a two-way street, homie. <laughs> I want to hear what you have to say. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right, is that when, when I started working out, even from the get-go, you're like, I don't find muscly women attractive. Um, it's too masculine, like I want a woman soft. And so I would go to the gym. I just liked how it made me feel. And I started to get muscle and I started to see photos of other women with muscle and like with the like the, the arms where you could see the shoulders and the tries. And I was like, oh my God, like I so want that. Um... And I knew that you weren't, that wasn't something that you were attracted to. Um, but so I would go to the gym and kind of work. And I was like, well, it's going to take me forever to get there. And am I really going to get it? And so I kind of didn't really think about the realities of it until it started to happen. And then when I started to see my body change, I got super excited. And you hit the nail on the head. It made me confident, right? It gave me the confidence because it was something that like was selfish for me. I loved the gym. I loved working out. I could go there. It was like kind of type of meditation for me in regards to like focusing on one thing and achieving it and so I started getting the confidence from that and because of the confidence like you said you started seeing it in the way I would hold myself um 
And so I think I could see you getting attracted to that. But there were moments, and still now I ask you, like, do you think I'm too lean? Um, you know, like, I like my six-pack abs. I try, like, tense and show you, like, because I'm proud. And then part of me is like, even if he doesn't find this attractive, I'm proud of it. But I always want to know the truth. Because if you turned around to me and you said, babe, I love you so much. What you've done is incredible. What you've achieved. Like, you set your mind to getting, you know, this achievement. And you've done it. I'm so proud. But I'm not turned on by it. I would seriously consider what I would do. Like, I would have to analyze. Okay, I want him super turned on, right? Like, that's, I love that. So I really want to achieve that. But also I love this other thing that's given me the confidence. So I would really analyze it. And to be honest, I probably would back off a little. I'd be like, all right, so it's the six pack abs. It's the leanness that he doesn't like. Um, I'm not going to give it up because I freaking love it. I'm proud of what I've achieved. But maybe I'll back off the abs and only do it three times a week instead of five times a week. And maybe now I'll concentrate a bit more on like the butt because I know like you like a hard little butt. So I would adjust, but I wouldn't give up who I am. And then if... You were like, I really like the hourglass figure. I'd live and then you're with the wrong woman. Like, I would be so honest about that because there's nothing I can do about it. So if that's something that you're looking for, great. If that's something you can't live without, that sucks for me. But I'm not going to, um, you know, beat myself over the head of trying to get an hourglass or feeling bad about myself that I don't have an hourglass figure because I don't. And so, yeah, that's something that, I would just be honest about and be like, well, that's what you have to decide whether you, you can live with um, or that if you can be satisfied with somebody of my build, of my physique, because that's something I, can, I can't give you. If you want a fighting chance against the competition, you need to be using the best technology and platforms in the world like Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. Now, I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy for you to start, run, and grow your business. It didn't used to be this easy. I'm telling you, back in the day, it was a lot harder. I'm so jealous. Shopify powers more than 10% of all U.S. e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly and efficiently choose Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash impact now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
So interesting. And I mean, so very well said. And I really hope people are hearing what you're saying about um, sort of hiding in the lines or self-acceptance, right? So you don't have an hourglass figure. And I've seen you, what, 15, 20 pounds heavier maybe than you are now. And you never develop an hourglass figure. It's just not the way that your no. body works. It just so, got wide. Yeah. So, um, but to her point about what really matters, right? And so what really matters to me is the depth of our connection. Mm. So, and I have learned about myself sexually as somebody who's had one night stands and somebody who's had like deep connection. I, you could not have convinced the 16-year-old version of myself that I would ever care about connection over um, body. Like you couldn't have convinced me. And then once I actually started having sex, it was like, wow. Like the only, like the thing that I prize miles and miles and and this is me, like this may not be for everybody's respect, but for me, the thing that I prize over everything is connection. Like I have to connect. And once I connect and I'm like, wow, this is a real person and like, I'm really interested in them. Then it's like the, the breadth of body types that I can enjoy is staggeringly broad. So, because I need connection, that's me. So I highly encourage people to understand that one, self-acceptance, self-love, and that two, there are people for whom, and, and maybe it's a developmental thing, and maybe it's just a permanent personality thing, but there are definitely people for whom the, the breadth of body types that they can authentically appreciate, mm. be attracted mm. to, enjoy all of it, is really, really staggering because of connection, and that it's really the connection mm. that's the juice for them, right? So um, I, I would say find somebody who makes you feel better about yourself, period. So like, if you're not happy with where your physique is at, find somebody that can not only and I'll say enjoy your body because it's different than like, I love you and therefore I accept your body. Right. Like find somebody who can legitimately enjoy your body um, the way that it is. But also like if you, and I find that from that position of feeling accepted and feeling loved, that's when people are able to make dramatic changes to get the body, uh, to optimize their body type mm. for what like excites them. So for you adding muscle, getting leaner, like that was all something that really lit you on fire. And so- I'm so into you, like there's so much swing in your body type that is, hey, if it's making you more confident, like I'm down for the ride, like find that person. And that really is the core of like our relationship thesis is out there right now for each and every one of you is somebody that you can connect with so much and that they're doing the work to learn how to like get past their own issues to be able to authentically express their appreciation for you and the relationship that you're in and all of that that they will make you feel better about yourself when you're with them than when you're not and that to me like at the bottom of all of this being by yourself is absolutely awesome and i thoroughly enjoyed my life when i was single i thought it was amazing and then being in a relationship was even better. And so being able to um, feel better about myself when I was around you, like that was an epiphany. And that, that to me is the purpose of a relationship. Yeah, it's, as you were talking, there was something that kind of hit me when I was thinking about this question. Like this is something that's quite taboo, I think, in relationships. Like people get embarrassed to talk to each other about what they want and what, how they feel about their own body and what they want from their partners. I think it's because people, at least for me initially, like it was like, I didn't want 
you to feel bad. So it's like, I wanted, you know, I, I love a guy with muscles. Um, and so I wanted to encourage you to work out. And part of me initially was worried about telling you like, oh, like, hey, look at this photo, this guy, like, don't you like his shoulders and his chest? Because I really find it attractive. Like initially, I felt bad about showing you or talking to you about it, because I didn't want you to feel like I wasn't satisfied with how you were. Because like you said, like, ultimately, I've gone through a period with you where you put on muscle, but you also put on like 20 pounds of fat, 30 pounds of 30 fat, right? So we actually have that photo where so we've gone through many phases as well, where you've put on fat, muscle, lost it, leaned up, put on weight again. And it was really, initially, it was really tough to talk to you about it because I didn't want you to feel bad. But ultimately, I loved you throughout all those periods, like you said. But I'd be lying to say that I was like exactly attracted to you, the exactly same, like the, the, the raw, oh God, I'm going to say this, babe, help me out here. <laughs> the raw animalistic, animalistic desire mm-hmm. for you I definitely think I felt a lot more in your leaner days but that's that part of me but then when you started putting on muscle and you put on sure you put on fat but you were just a bigger dude I felt so much more protected and I felt like being in your arms like I just felt like this overwhelming sense of like nothing can touch me so I kind of felt like over time, like in talking to you about all the beauties of these different phases actually helped us talk about them. And then, yeah, I didn't feel like I would like, oh, I didn't, couldn't have anything to say or I couldn't say anything. And here's, here's the, the fucking secret. Like, even as I listen to you say that now on essentially national television, (laughs) um, what I'm, what I think is so critical for anyone listening to immediately adopt is running through my mind is yeah I get that I fully get that and to not let that damage me to know that yeah like there for sure there are going to be things that you're more drawn to um that my my own physique there are times where I consider it optimized and times where I consider it unoptimized and to not let my sense of self-worth be caught up in all that, to not need you to say, whatever you are today is like exactly what I find like to be the most amazing, like to not need that, right? Yeah. And Because I couldn't do that because we've always said never to lie to each other. Yeah, but you could just be silent about it, right? Yeah. Like, and there's no question, like you could always be finding like framing that was positive, all the things that I've talked about. Right. So Yeah, I wouldn't put you down. A hundred percent. But what I'm saying is people need to do the work internally where it's like, one, that you've done all the work to make sure that I feel loved and all that, but that you can say, like you could say right now, your physique at this moment isn't optimized and that's not going to ruin me. I don't love it. Like I would want like every day for you to be like, oh my gosh. But I understand that like it it comes in and out, right? So when I'm shredded with six pack abs, like even I'm like, all right, this looks pretty good, right? So but you have to do that work. Like you have to be confident in who you are as like a total package. And just like for me in particular, I put more emphasis on my mind. Right. That's so true. like just about accepting that, that it, it comes down mm-hmm. to like, where do you put your time and attention? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like 
So even back to her question, like I always feel like the other person has a lot of work to do as well. So in this one, like the reason that you were actually looking for me to help you how to say it, not because you were worried about me. I almost, I, I think this 100%. is absolutely true. You're worried about how they'll perceive it, yeah. right? <laughs> so, but my thing is, you know that I've done the work where you can just say But isn't it nice that something. I reached out to you to help me in saying something that other people may perceive you would hate me saying? Uh, but isn't it nice? I don't quite know what you mean by that. You know that I love that. Yeah. So you know that I love it when you turn to me for help. So from that perspective, yes, like that's, being the leader and all of that's a huge obsession, but we could really fucking derail on that yeah, for a second. But, so, because I don't feel like I'm doing a great job of explaining, I have done the the internal emotional work to be confident in who I am. Mm -hmm. So, you like if we saw like the guy that I am like if I was gonna have a man crush, it's what's his name, Jason Momoa. Who? The guy he's on um, called Drago from Lord of the from Lord of the Rings, Jesus, uh, Game of Thrones, Hello. and he's now Aquaman. You know who this guy is? Khaleesi, woman. We watched the same show. Yeah. So Game of Thrones. Yes. You know Khaleesi. Sure. You know who she was originally married to. Yes. But then he dies. Yes. Spoiler alert. Sorry. That's way. That's so old. So <laughs> yeah, but still. Yeah. Uh, yes. Whatever his him, name is. Jason I? Momoa. I'm sure. almost certain. Let's not get so up on that. that guy, like yeah. he's like six five or something. Okay. So good luck in me ever gaining five inches. Okay. Like he's just that guy. Like right. fucking broad as the day is long. Has like this tough face. So, but. I can look at that and go, wow, that would be fucking cool. But it doesn't like, it's not like this painful thing for me to see that. Mm -hmm. So if he were to come on, you'd be like, whoa, like that guy's really good looking. It took way too long to explain who it was. So maybe that's not <laughs> okay. your ideal type, but you have to do the work to be confident in yourself. That's the punchline. I, I could never quite get there, but <laughs> I will figure out how to say that in less than an hour next yeah. time. All right, we should probably right. get to another yeah, question. I was going to say, I've got so much to talk about on that subject, but we should probably move on because thank you guys for submitting questions. Um, if this is bringing you value, pl value, please, please do share the video. Um, our community is the world to us and we're desperately trying to grow the community. So if you guys can help, that would be amazing. Boom. All right. Um, okay, we've got questions. Um... This question is from Facebook from Robbie Matthew, Matthew. Mindset question. I've been in a relationship for a year now and in the beginning it seemed like my partner was motivated and had goals she was trying to achieve. As time went on it became evident that my partner doesn't have the motivation to execute and has a fixed mindset. I've tried encouraging her that she can learn and do anything she wants but it seems never to seem it never seems to go anywhere. I don't want to jump to believe I don't want to jump to believe that I have chosen poorly, but how long would you persist if it were one of you had a fixed mindset and the other didn't? We live together, no kids, just a puppy. Why don't you go first? Oh, man. Um, well, the, so I guess I would start from the beginning. You perceived that she had a fixed mind, uh, sorry, a growth mindset, um, but did she actually? I think he's saying no. So he miss interpreted yeah maybe she has a false mind false growth mindset as carol duet calls it and so she gives signals of having a growth mindset but in reality yeah i mean we get asked this question a lot um mm -hmm. and i think that yeah i would i would try everything in my power to um work with you on that but if you just kept pushing back pushing back pushing back i couldn't be around someone that was negative all the time 
And that would drain on me and that would really affect my mindset. You know, the one thing we always say is your, um, what is it, your reflection of the five people around you? They just say you're the average of the five people. Yeah, you're the average of the five people around you. And so when one of those people is living with you day in, day out, like that sucks the life out of me. And there are family members and friends that I have that are absolutely fixed mindset. Um, and I still love them. I still have every ounce of affection and empathy for them, but I can't be around them a lot because it does affect me. And at some point, I have to say, like, you have to be willing to do the work yourself, right? That's what me and you say to each other. It's like, we're always there for each other. We support each other 100%. But ultimately, you have to do the work yourself. And so if that person isn't willing to, like, I would have to eventually walk away. I'm going to be way more aggressive. Yeah, I know you are. Fuck that. So at the beginning of the relationship, like, I don't understand, like, why people are doing all this backbreaking work. Like, yeah, like, if if I was me now and I started dating somebody with a fixed mindset, I would... would I even make it out of the first few dates? Like, Jesus. I think that people so, over time try and give reasons why, like, right? Because it's like maybe in the first date, but let's say by the fifth date. Mm-hmm. No, let's say by the fifth did. fucking yeah, year. Like, I'm did. not putting up no, with that shit. Right. So it's like, look, 100%, if you're in a relationship with somebody, it means you care about them. So I'm going to extend, like, I'm going to try, but here's the reality, man. You're the last person that's going to be able to impact and influence. They're going to fucking shut down. Right. They're going to back into their yeah. corner. They're going to feel judged. All of that. Like it, they've got to want to change. I'm a filter. Like I'm the guy that talks about this shit all day, but understand I am simply collecting of the 7.2 billion people on this fucking planet. I'm just trying to collect the, however many it is, 500,000, 500,000, 500 million people, whatever that number is. I'm just trying to collect those people. Like, I am a filter. So I'm not going to spend my time trying to convince somebody to have a growth mindset. Like, that is what a crazy fucking waste of time. Boys and girls, a relationship should be the biggest value-add thing in your life. If it is not a value-add thing, first ask, what have I done to fuck this up? Once you exhaust all the things that you've done wrong, at the end of the day, if the person still does not want it for themselves, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? And I would, what are I you would doing? sit with them though and talk to them and be very honest. Yeah, I'm not going to fucking send them a text and be like, peace. <laughs> like this is like, going to be yes. like months and months and months of working. But right. dude, when I say that I would be super honest, super compassionate, like don't mistake how I'm talking now for how I would talk to them. Right. Because if you're talking to somebody who's struggling with a fixed mindset like this, you're a dick mm-hmm. and you're going to just shut them down instantaneously. But... If you want to know how I feel about staying in a relationship with somebody who's got a fixed mindset and is showing like no interest in getting out, my life is way too precious. But I mean, like from the get go, I would try to say it from like, this is why this isn't helping you. This is why it's not getting you to your goal. And you sound like a preacher and they fucking hate you for it. I I wouldn't preach to them. I, I would start there. It's like... Oh, what are your goals? My goal is this. Okay, great. Like, let's work together. Let's figure out how you get there. First step is the way you're you thinking. You with your goal positive. stuff again. Will you stop asking me what my goals are? I don't know what my I goals are. I mean, you're are. done then. Like, there's no But this is what you're going to be up against. Sure. But I'm... God, you ruined what I was going to say now. <laughs> <laughs> I would... Because I think most people would start off, this is why this is good for you. For sure. You can 
do it in a non-preachy way. Like, hey, I'm trying to help you. This You said that you want this. Like, is this actually true? Like, do you actually want it? And do you want me to be a part of helping you get there? Like, do you want to do this together? But if they kept pushing back, eventually I would sit down and say, this is how it's affecting me. And be honest about that. Like your, your mindset and the way you approach things and your negativity is really starting to weigh on me. And I don't know if I can continue down this path. I love you so much. Let's say they're in love. I love you so much, but it's really weighing on me as a person. And it's getting to the point now where I don't know what to do. I, I can't stay where I am. I can't be in a relationship with the situation like this. So what can we do together to alter it? Or do we just say, okay, we have to break up? That's probably the word that I would use. All right, there we go. Um, all right, so we got another question. Oh, this one's good. This is from Facebook, um, from Terry Little. Thanks, Terry. Um, my husband and I are honest with each other, sometimes to the point where we are like, ouch. Question, where is the line on honesty? There isn't one. Agreed. There, there is only a... Uh, be careful on delivery. Yes. So the ouch comes from how it's said, right. in my opinion, mm-hmm. not what is said. So, yeah, I mean, you need to be delicate. You need to handle things with the reverence of knowing, like, how would I feel if the other person were trying to broach this about me? And it's going to be really, really hard to hear. And so you have to come at them from a place of love and you have to time that shit unbelievably well. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those where you're looking for those moments where you know the other person feels, feels, I use that word very intentionally, they feel how much you love them. And then at those moments when they're very open, then you can have that discussion. Like we've all had those times where it's like, I'm feeling so good about myself right now. I'm feeling so good about this relationship right now. Now's the time. If you've got any, like I, do you know what I mean? Like I so feel the love between us right now. I am so open to whatever hard thing you have to tell me. Like now is that moment. And if you need to externalize that, like we've always been very good at reading that situation, if you're not good, like, or if you know your partner's not good at reading that situation, actually say these words. Like, I am so feeling this right now. Now's the time. If you've got something hard to say, like, now is the time to say it. Because I'm, I'm just like, I'm open to that. Like, I'm open. And this obviously means that the person has a growth mindset because it doesn't feel like a condemnation. It's not a permanent state of affairs. Whatever you're telling me, I know that I can change it. And so I want to hear that. I want to hear that thing. So that's really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? People at home, you guys know when someone's trying to jab you or not. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you just know it. There's no like, oh, I kind of got a feeling. No, no. You know the way someone said something. If it's meant to be a jab or if they sincerely meant it. I think sometimes if it's a bit of a gray area, what I do is I step back and go like, okay, am I being sensitive right now? Is there something within the emotions that I'm going through on a total other thing that is bringing that into this conversation, right? So if you said something super honest, um, where you're like, I'm not, I don't think you're pulling your weight as a wife, let's just say, that's what you say. <clears throat> if I'm already feeling like I kind of am neglecting you, or if I haven't really seen much of you, so now I don't feel like this great connection as husband and wife, so it's like the business is doing great, and we're like, you know, growing really fast, but mean, you don't feel connected. And then you said that, like, I would absolutely, my, I think my instinct would be heartbroken, right? And I'd be defensive. And I'd be like, yeah, but what about you? Like, you, you haven't been the husband either, you know? And then you get into that, like, back, back and forth battle that doesn't help anybody. 
So if something stings me, if you're honest, the first thing I do is say like, am I stung because of all these other things that I'm going through and I'm bringing that emotion to the table? And then also the question I always ask myself is, does he love me? The answer is always yes. So if you love me, what are you trying to articulate to me? Um, I know you, you have a growth mindset. So I think a foundation of, like you said, of making the person feel loved. And like, I know that your foundation is mindset. So it's not growth mindset. So it's not just to dig at me. It's actually, you're saying it because you want a change to be made. So then lowering your emotions and then going into that conversation with that. Um, but yeah, like you can always tell, I think, on whether it's meant as a jab that you've been holding on to a grudge for like a month or whatever and you're just poking. Yeah, super, super important. One thing that I love about what you're saying is that it's all you focus, right? It's about what's the work that I need to yeah, be doing. And sure. that is like a key takeaway. It always comes back to what could I be doing differently? What, like, okay, let's even say that they did jab me. Like if you straight fucking jab me and you're trying to hurt me, I would think, whoa, like that's so unlike mm. her. Because first of all, that you're never like that. So let's say all of a sudden you were like that. I'd be like, where did I go wrong that I'm bringing this out in her? Hmm. How have I let her get this stressed out? Hmm. How have I pushed her this far away? Like, how have I alienated her? Like, where have I gone wrong? And I know, but you're exactly the same. Yeah. And as you were telling that story, I thought you would never do that because you ne you've had 17 years to do it and you've Jab never done it. Yeah. yeah. And like, that is one of those like, oh my God. Like, so for instance... The, and and I've I've never I hopefully never will have a chance to prove that this is true, but I have definitely had a chance with other people, and I've never taken the opportunity. If you were to go like, if we broke up and you told every secret that I've ever given you, I would not return the favor. Oh I would not go tell yeah. your secrets because that's not who I want to be as a person. Mm -hmm. So that to me, like that is really important going back to jabbing to that person has given you things in a moment of vulnerability they've told you something if you ever use that against them like that that's how you damage your relationship yeah. because that person knows oh shit like you're holding like anytime i give you something in a moment of confidence in a moment of vulnerability you're you're putting it in a quiver and like you're not afraid to pull it out and use it against me so now i'm just not going to tell you so now i'm like mm -hmm. clammed up i'm defensive and that that's when the relationship goes awry so it's like when you tell me things like at your most vulnerable i'm thinking I'm so honored that this person is sharing this with me, that they trust me enough with this that I won't ever use it against them. And so I will never use it against you because that's the person that I want to be. So when people can get to that place, like that's one of those like invisible things. In fact, will you take a note on that? Like, cause that's gotta be part of the, the bullet points. Like never using things that people tell you as a weapon against them. Like that's just violation of, it's not even really trust. I mean, I guess sort of, but it's like, man, when you open yourself up like that to somebody, like if they don't like honor that, even in a moment of like furious rage, if in that moment you don't have the emotional sobriety to still say, nope, that's off limits, then that's just, yeah. Yeah. That's And I think human icy. instinct is a lot of um, people instinctually retaliate back in that same action to make, to protect themselves, right? So if you jab me, I'm going to jab you back. Yeah. 
that just becomes even more dangerous because I think that people then get in habit loops of doing that, where it's like you're protecting your ego, you're protecting yourself because they jab you sometimes, so you're kind of on guard, so that when that jab comes, you've got one right back. And now it just builds a relationship of just like animosity. And I think having standards, um, like your own personal standards is absolutely key because if you were to jab me back or you were to say something insulting, I know that I will... I need to respond in a way that is a true reflection of who I am. So what I would say to you is like, why that actually wasn't very nice. Like you hurt my feelings by saying that. Is there something underlying that you want to talk about? Or was that just like a random thought? Because if it was a random thought, like it, it hurt me. Or if there's something underlying, like, let's talk about it, but please don't ever just jab me with it because it catches me off guard and it's not fair on me. Mm. And so I would explain to you why that didn't sit well with me and having that communication. And then just touching on another, I know we're kind of wrapping up, but another thing about honesty is because we're so honest with each other, um, it's so um oh what's the word just it's actually really freeing because I don't ever ever have to second guess like are you saying that to get something from me are you doing that because you want x y and z like there's no motives behind your what you say because it's just always true so um I've told this sorry Sorry. It's, it, no, no. Obviously, there is motive a lot of times behind what I say. But I just always tell you what the motive is. Yeah, right. And it's always a true. sincere statement. Right. right? So you're tr- that's actually a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because it's true in your statement. It's true in your motives. Like you will say that because if you were true but then hid this thing, then again, it's kind of like you're not being honest with me. Mm. Um, but... Th- the, obviously, the very easy story that um, I've spoken about before is when I was wearing a shirt. I had a really nice shirt on. It was date night. I got all excited. I put it on. You looked at me. You didn't say a word. We go to the restaurant. I'm sitting at the bar. I'm waiting for you to give me a compliment. You still don't say anything. And so I turn to you and I say, so, babe, what do you think of this top? It's new. And you looked at me and you went, yeah. And in that honesty, like, initially, I got upset. I was like, what? you know like I thought I looked great and I dressed up and I remember to this day and I will always remember those words because it hit me so hard you realize that I got upset and you said baby like it's not that I don't find you attractive I do you just asked me what I thought of you in the shirt and I don't really like it and this relationship is built on honesty and trust and so at that moment when it's, you know, seven in the morning and I've just woken up and I've got like, you know, sleep in my eye and my hair's all over the place. And you said to me, and I turn to you and I tell you, you're beautiful. I want you to know that comes from a sincere, honest place. But if I'm always saying nice things just to make you feel better, what's the weight that I'm going to bring when I really do mean it at 7am when you think you look terrible? And wow, like, again, still to this day, that hit me so much. And since then, we've really adopted that. And so what I said is going back to like, okay, but you can't ignore, or I don't want to ignore how it made me feel. I was out on a date. I thought I looked, you know, like I thought that I would blow your socks off and I didn't. So how do I change that? Because that feeling was still disappointing. And so we discussed, all right, before we leave the house, I'm going to ask you, hey, babe, what do you think of my outfit? And if I really care, or if I care about the answer, I should ask you, babe, what do you think? And if you said, eh, I don't like it, now at least I have the opportunity to change. 
Or I can say, well, he doesn't like it, but I feel really great, so I'm going to wear it anyway. But at least it gives me the opportunity to make that decision. But that honesty, that deep level of like 100% honesty that we have with each other, yeah, like I wouldn't change that for anything, even though it's sometimes caused some heartache and upset. But I think that's made us stronger, not weaker. Yeah, it definitely makes you trust the other person's answers a lot more for ways. And to your point in that story, one of our takeaways, and this is really important, is make sure you tell the other person, well, there's still time for them to change something about it, to fix it, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's, hey, tell me before we leave, and then I can just change my top, and now like I'm in something that has the effect that I wanted it to have, and I get to feel good all night, and um, cause we, let's say we'd, I don't even remember like a specific example, but we'd be out and about and it was like, oh, you didn't whatever while we were at that party. And I'm like, you wait till we get home to tell me, yeah. like if I had known, now, man, like in an instant, so-and-so? right. In an instant, I would have changed my behavior. It was purely because mm-hmm. I wasn't aware that it was something that would resonate with you. So making sure that whenever humanly possible, you tell the other person that thing that's bothering you while they still have a chance to address it. That's so important. Yeah, that's something that we've adopted mm. in the last, what, year maybe. Say what? Like, I mean, you don't feel like... We've been talking about that for... I know, but certain things were always, like, ever. sometimes hard. Like, I'm like, okay, so now I was figuring out, like, how do I communicate that with you? Do I text you? Because when you're out and about, it's hard to grab someone and say, hey, like, this is one of those situations that I... I you're saying get better at the strategy of communicating correct. it, guys. Correct. Yes. Word. All right, we're out of time. All right, we guys. We didn't get too many questions today, but well, hopefully. Well, I love the way you say that like we ever do. We did more than two, which I think is like our most offensive and atrocious long-winded answers. But guys, thank you so much for joining us. It is amazing, especially on this very special day, 17 years insanity. And we were just talking that... Um, Will, one of our amazing employees here at Impact Theory, was two when we got together. How weird is that? Like, that that makes me feel so old. That's insanity. I I almost had a seizure. So, wow. Time goes by fast, boys and girls. Oh, in fact, William. That's how we realized that he was 19 today. And we're like... Oh God, you were two when we got together? Madness. Yeah. But tonight what we're going to do is we're actually going to each of the spots that we went on our first date. Whenever we're in town and we possibly can, we do that every year. So I actually have photos of like the last, um, you know, 16 years or mostly 16 years where I've like ridden on my hand. I was going to say, going back to your hair, like you used to write it on your hand. Well, first it was, you could hold up the digits. Then you had to write it on your hand because it exceeded 10. Yeah. And now we've got it in your hair, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But it's one of those, like, again, very sentimental, very um, emotional, very memorable to us. So, um, yeah, we're going to go to a B restaurant. Well, it doesn't exist anymore. I'm sad to report. Yeah, but we're going to go visit it. Yes. And then, or where it used to be. I don't, I don't even know if yeah. it's a restaurant anymore. All right. Hey, enough <laughs> of that. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. If this added value, please do share it. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, 
be legendary. Take care.